Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc with Nick Dockweiler, to be Dr. John Michael, and Dan Driscoll. Uh, we are going to come to you once a week and bring you sports updates, some predictions, and some hot takes to end every episode. So, uh, episode one, want to know how you guys are feeling. Let's start with you, John Michael. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really excited, mostly because this uh, this podcast was birthed like less than a week ago, and we've already moved this quickly. I feel like it's meant to be. Uh, so yeah, let's get it rolling. I like it. I like it. Dan, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great. This is the best time of year as a sports fan. I think besides the NFL playoffs, when you have both NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs, it's just a great time. And honestly, like John Michael said, I think I was just in the right place at the right time when this conversation was going down. So I'm really thankful to be here. Really excited to call out John Michael on all of his terrible takes. And, uh, you know, let's just make it happen. I'm excited. I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, already starting with a hot take. Best time of year for sports might be, you know, football season starting, most would say. But, you know, I like it. I like NBA playoffs. I like NHL playoffs. And that's where we're going to be going today. I'm going to go ahead and recap just kind of where we're at in the NBA playoffs. Uh, to our listeners, note that our episode comes out and we record it a couple days prior. So we are as up to date as we can be. Uh, there might be some things that have happened, but we're going to just jump in. So today, Philly swept the Nets, so we don't even need to talk about that series because it's over. Uh, the Celtics are up 2-1. That series should be done in five. Knicks are up 2-1, which we'll, t- we'll dive into. Heat are leading the series uh, or they're tied in the series 1-1, but they are leading the game right now. So big surprise there. We weren't going to talk about them, but we might need to make some time for my Miami Heat right there. Over in the West Coast, Lakers and Grizz are tied 1-1. Game is later tonight. Uh, we will talk about that series. The Kings are up 2-1 on Golden State. Some will call that a shock. Most might not. Nuggets are up 3-0. We'll probably sweep. Uh, and the Suns just went up 3-1 today. So here's where I want to start. I want to start with probably what I would say is the most interesting series, uh, Golden State versus the Sacramento Kings. And I want to know what, let's start with you, John Michael. Where do you see that series going? How many games? Who's winning it? Start us off. Yeah, so I was trying to think about this today. And honestly, uh, I am pulling for the Kings mostly because they are young, they play fast, and really nobody on that team has been in that position before besides Harrison Barnes, really. Um, And he did that with Golden State back in 2015. Otherwise, this is just a crew of young guys who love to play together. Um, And so I'm pulling for the Kings. But every time I think, oh, I can take the Kings in six or the Kings in seven, I just fall back on the championship experience of Golden State uh, in the way that they're able to win close games. And I think... I think Golden State will win in seven. Uh, I think they'll upset the Kings in Sacramento in seven. Um, But we will see. We'll see what happens in game four. I think Golden State will win at home. And then the pressure goes back on the Kings to protect home court. We'll see how it goes. I like it. Dan, where, where are you at with this series? Yeah, so I, I tend to agree with John Mike. I mean, I do think... I mean, if you're if you're picking this solely based off of the past, like it's definitely hard to go um, against Steph Curry. Um, but I will say I, I, I am pulling for the Kings. I have the Kings winning in seven solely because as a Pirates fan, every year this this thing comes out on ESPN where it's talking about like the worst franchises 
<laughs> I am so excited to see the Kings in the playoffs. Their fans are wild. That like giant purple beam or whatever, man, like that just gets me going. It takes me back to the Johnny Cueto game in Pittsburgh in the wild. It's all about the Pirates. However, I just think, man, it's been long enough. Let the kids play. Um, I mean, Draymond's losing his mind already. Like, I, I, I think they're due. Um, so that's what I think will happen. Yeah, I am. I like both those takes. I'm with John Michael. I'm a little more optimistic. I think the Warriors win in six. I think they Whoa. win game four tomorrow. Uh, I think they win game five because I all the pressure, like you said, is going to be on Sacramento at home who played well in game one and two, but, uh, you know, narrowly won. Probably should have lost game two if Draymond didn't get uh, kicked out of the game. Rightfully so, he did. Uh, but if he stays, Warriors probably win game two. They definitely win game three. Uh, and the pressure would be on Sacramento. So I think they're going to win the next three, uh, close out the series in six, not have to go back to Sacramento for a game seven. I'd be I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if Sacramento doesn't win another game in this series. Shocked. Because, shocked. because Golden State I mean, doesn't play much defense. So, Steve, but that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. They they held the Kings to 80 points, 80-something points in game three. They play defense at home. They For some reason, I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. It doesn't travel. But I think they can get up and the pressure, there's going to be so much pressure on Sacramento because they know if they lose game five, there's no chance. There's no chance they're winning game six in Golden State in a game where they where Golden State could clinch the series. Yeah, and so I think they're going to I think they're going to crumble because they have experience. That's what people said about the Cavs, too, Nick. Yeah, and they and they got the NBA mailed in that series by suspending Draymond in Game Five. That series was over in five if he doesn't get suspended. But um, that's that's another topic for another day. We can dive into that one if you want to. Uh, let's go ahead and move along. We have Memphis and the Lakers. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and kick this one off. I think Memphis wins in seven with or without Jaw. I don't. I haven't seen if Jaw's playing tonight. I don't get. And you guys might be able to explain it. I don't understand the hype behind the Lakers. I understand they made some trades at the trade deadline and got better. But their last 20 games of the season were against absolute trash opponents. And they couldn't even get the sixth seed, which if they had just played decent, they would have. You know, they struggled to beat the Jazz multiple times. They struggled to beat the Rockets. Uh, They won game one after Jaw got hurt. And so I just don't think the Lakers are that good. I'm not high on the Lakers. I think they might be able to take a couple at home, uh, but I think Memphis ultimately wins this series and sends LeBron packing. So, John Mike, what do you got in this series? I disagree. Uh, I think the Lakers win this series. I think the Lakers have a better roster. Um, When it comes to... NBA playoffs, I tend to lean more towards who's got the experience, uh, who's got the veterans, and I think the Lakers do have that. Uh, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a bunch of punks, especially Dylan Brooks. Facts. I'm, I'm not. I I am not a Dylan Brooks fan. I, he isn't. The, right. he, Draymond is. You don't respect the guy calling out the second best player in NBA history saying drop 40 on me. And then I'll, you know, Wait, I'll, 
But what's the so like if, if LeBron puts up thirty nine, like he's still I don't know, man. Like forty, just him poking the bear and dropping that. Honestly, I think LeBron puts up forty tonight. And I know Nick, you said earlier that you think if that happens, that the Lakers don't win. I just yeah. feel like you don't poke the bear. You don't poke the, arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time in the playoffs. Like he's coming to the end of his career, man. He needs a little push. I think that was it. Look, I think I think if you get LeBron to drop forty, like let LeBron let, let LeBron drop forty every game if you're Dylan Brooks, because if he's dropping forty, that means AD sitting back watching the game. It means Austin Reeves, who everyone's high on, you know, is not shooting the ball. You know, Rui might play well but if LeBron is scoring and this has been I think almost anywhere he's been I guess maybe when he was in Miami it was a little different but uh if LeBron is the one dominating the game the you end up with this like Luca Kyrie effect where everyone's just standing watching and that's not basketball and that's that's part of the reason I like the Warriors so much and that's part of the reason sometimes watching a LeBron James led team's just not you know it's fun when he's facilitating but if he's if he comes out and says I'm gonna drop I'm dropping 50 on Dylan Brooks. It's going to be like, all right, it's the LeBron show. But, you know, when he broke the scoring record, he scored 38 that night. And the team was down by 20 when he broke the record because it was all about LeBron scoring. It wasn't about the team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but that that example is, is I okay, let's think back to Kobe's last game when he was playing against the Utah Jazz and he dropped 60 points. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's oh. one of those games. It's like, okay, LeBron's going to get the record tonight. Nobody cares if we win or lose. It's the most points in NBA history. That's, mm, mm, don't like that example. Well, hey, that's what we're here for. We're here to argue a little on how we feel. So I have Memphis in seven. You both have the Lakers, it sounds like. Dan, yeah. did you have the Lakers? Yeah, I got Lakers in six. Okay. And John Michael, you have Lakers in what again? I don't know yet. I want to see how tonight goes, and I'll circle back next week. Well, the series will be over when you circle back. So just you should make exception. Mostly because I I am unsure. Um, but if I had to make a prediction, I guess I'll pick the Lakers in seven. Okay, Lakers in seven. Bold. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one I I wrote down. It might not be as much of a topic. We might you know this is where we might add in the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, we we have Phoenix and the Clippers. So series is over. It's over. Yeah, I am on board with you guys. I think Phoenix wins in five. Can we? Do we all agree with that? Yes. You know, they're going. Yeah, Phoenix. but Phoenix isn't winning next round. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The only the only thing I'll say if if LA if the Clippers can find a way to have Kawhi come back and play Game Five, they can they could win that game. And I think the longer that Phoenix stays in plays, the better it is for Denver. But if Phoenix wins in five and gets about the same amount of time that Denver's going to get after they sweep uh, the Timberwolves, then I don't know. I mean, they definitely have a better bench, but we'll we can we'll talk about that series probably next week because that'll be determined. Uh, it might even start the the following week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Let's just go ahead because we all, I mean, we all agree Phoenix. I think we all agree in five or maybe six, but probably five. So let's go to probably the second best or the best series of the first round, uh, which is Knicks and and Cavs. Uh, So you have the Knicks who just won last night to take a 2-1 series lead. You have a game four. Uh, You know, a lot of the hype behind this series is Donovan Mitchell wanted to be a Knick 
and they wouldn't pay for him. And so he ends up going to Cleveland. They signed Jalen Brunson. Uh, and it's looking right now like the Knicks made the right choice. But I'm going to start with Dan. Dan, who do you have winning the series? How many games? Oh, I love the Knicks. I have the Knicks in six. And I just need to also be honest with you, with the viewers. You know, basketball is probably the, the sport that I know the least about. I am, ho- I am only here for storylines. And I just want to say that, man, I, like, I, I hate New York sports fans like so much. But there's just something about the Knicks. Maybe it's because I watched a lot of Seinfeld growing up. I just want to see the Knicks play well, man. Um, I love Jalen Brunson. He's a dog. Like, he's chippy. I think Julius Randle kind of being that one-two punch, like he's, you know, he's got an ego as well. He can get kind of fiery as we've seen during the series. I love Donovan Mitchell as well, man, but I just think that that team's maybe a year or two away from going deep. And if we're here for storylines, which I am, I think the Knicks going deep is really good for the sport. I, um, so I'm from Ohio uh, (laughs) and I grew up in the LeBron era. So I have a soft spot for Cleveland uh, and so I'm rooting for Cleveland big time in this series, mostly because I too don't like New York at all or their sports fans. Um, but I think the Knicks win the series. So I think that, like Dan said, I think the Cavs are still a year or two away. I think they're young. I think they're really talented. But like Darius Garland yesterday shot like four for 21 or four for 20. You know, it's just like yeah. your your superstars don't do that in the playoffs. They just don't. Um, and if they are doing it, then it it means big, big trouble for your team. So uh, I think the Knicks have the better roster, the better team. I think that if this series was in a year or two, I think the Cavs would win. But here we are in 2023. So I'm taking the Knicks. I agree. I think the series will be over in six. Yeah, I so we I think we all we have Knicks in six. Uh, I think they win game four at home. The Cavs come back and play for the home crowd in game five, and then uh, probably lose the series in six. You know, I and it it's nothing against Donovan Mitchell, and I believe if the Knicks had Donovan Mitchell, they'd be a much scarier team in this in the playoffs. Uh, but I think overall they can win they can win this series and. It might make for a really interesting round two uh, because of this next, you know, I would say going at, going into the playoffs, I said whoever won this series has to play the Bucks, and they're going to they're gonna get killed by the Bucs. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and just jump ahead to this since I think we're all in agreement again on the Knicks, is this Miami Heat and the Bucks series is getting really interesting. I mean, Miami uh, wins game one uh, on the road. Giannis gets hurt, and, you know, they – they protect him because they don't want him to be hurt for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, but Miami go ahead and win game one. They come out and they look terrible in game two against the Giannis Bucks. Bucks. Uh, can't shoot the ball. Tyler hero is out until the NBA finals. And so scoring is very difficult for Miami and yet they're leading at the half in game three. And so, you know, if Giannis doesn't come back for game four, or even game, I mean, I would say game four, if Miami gets a 3-1 lead, I mean, playoff Jimmy is a threat, and he'll go and win you. I mean, he did in the NBA Finals in the bubble. He will go and win you a game if he really has to. Uh, and so I want to hear from you guys because I'm I'm obviously biased towards the Heat, 
so I want to hear some unbiased opinions first and, and kind of start from there. So John Mike, go ahead and take us off on this uh, tangent with the Heat and Buck series getting a little more interesting. Yeah, here's my unbiased opinion. It is that the Heat have no chance in this series. <laughs> really? Yeah. Up in game three? Yeah, really. What is the score at halftime right now? I believe they were up 15. They're up last 14. Right. They're up 14 right now. Okay. I, I honestly think that the Bucks will still win the game. Um, and I could be wrong, and I could be. Oh, man. Cool. I don't know. They're going to lose game three, but. Even if, they, even if the Heat win this game, I. So from what it sounded like, because I was watching a little bit, a little bit of the game before we jumped on the podcast. Um, yeah. From what it sounded like, it made it seem like Giannis, if this was like a game six or game seven, could have played tonight. Um, yeah. but the but the Bucks were just trying to steal a game, uh, especially after how good they looked uh, a few days ago in game two. So I do think that Giannis will be back for game four, and that changes the entire series because I don't think anybody uh, can guard him, to be quite honest. And even if Bam is able to do anything against him, then you have the other guys that you have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that he have a chance. I felt like I was back in, like, 2014 with the Heat's roster, hearing all the names. It's like Oladipo and Lowry and, and Butler and – just a bunch of old people. Now, Butler's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But, and then, oh, Kevin Love. You have all these, like, kind of washed-up veterans and then these kind of no-name guys that they just picked up off the streets of Miami. Uh, I, yeah, I just see, I just, I think the Heat can make it a little bit of a series. I still think the Bucks win, and then I still think the Bucks win next round. And I think that it gets really interesting in the Eastern Conference Finals, which we'll get to eventually. But uh, yeah. I see the Bucks going there without uh, too, too much stress. Like, I don't think they'll play a Game 7 before they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Dan, what do you got yeah, on this I, series? I, I think it all obviously depends on Giannis. Um, and you're throwing out names for uh, for Miami Heat, old uh just like old vets. Let me just throw out. I didn't know Goran Dragic is on the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and obviously they got Jay Crowder. Um, I don't know if like what's going on there. I mean, when we look at depth, I think that obviously Milwaukee's probably a little bit deeper. Um, but Giannis is, man, like Giannis is Giannis, of course. But I mean, playoff Jimmy's playoff Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy looks like he's got this game like handily. I don't think there's any way they lose this. I think if he keeps playing well, man, the Heat have a chance. I could see it going seven games for sure, but I think if Giannis, you know, comes back in game four and is healthy, I think it'll be hard to stop. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I think the Heat have more of a chance than what John Michael's leading on, and I don't know if that's just because he doesn't like you know rooting for teams that Nick's a, uh, a fan of, but you know, here yeah, we are. Let's be honest. But no, I'm, I'm just a logical sports fan, and the Heat. Don't- oh yeah, yeah. Here's what I'll say: We, I know the Heat play terrible offense. I know they play like mediocre defense. I think they're middle of the pack in NBA rank as far as defense goes. They don't, they're like one of the worst offensive teams. Tyler Hero averaged 20 points a game and now he's out. So I understand. I understand they they didn't play Giannis in this game. But the last thing, especially with role players or with undrafted players, like when you play in your home stadium, your home court, you play better. And to kind of give away game three, I understand game two went really well, but that was on the road in Milwaukee. Like really, if you lose that game, 
down 2-0 with three games in Miami. Playoff Jimmy can play two of those games. And honestly, I don't know why this doesn't happen more. Like, rest is huge in the NBA. I mean, we've, we've seen load management, and maybe one day we'll talk about load management. But I don't know why. If I'm Miami and we win tonight uh, and game four comes around, Giannis better be playing in that game because if he doesn't, I fully expect Jimmy to take over game four, win that game. And if I'm Miami, don't even bother playing him in game five in Milwaukee. Like, give that game away and come home game six, Giannis or no Giannis, and Jimmy can put a team on his back. He did it a year ago. You know, this is essentially the same core. I understand they haven't had as good of a shooting year uh, as last season. But, you know, this was a team a year ago that was one, like, Jimmy Bucket away from making the NBA Finals and playing against Golden State. Uh, and who knows what that series would have looked like. Okay. And so I just I just want to – I'm just saying if Giannis doesn't play in game four, I I would first off be stunned. And I also would say if Giannis doesn't play in game four, I have the Heat winning the series in six, which means the next time we come on the podcast, the Heat would have moved on to play the Knicks is what our prediction would be. All I'm saying is I've heard that story before, and here's where I've heard it. All the way back in Exodus, in the Bible, in Exodus. Oh my gosh! Where, where the Israelites built a statue to a golden calf. I feel like okay. what you're doing to Jimmy Butler right now. He look, is man, false savior. Are you not? Are you not saying if you had, if you had to pick one player, if you had to pick one player that you wouldn't even consider Jimmy Butler as like you to save your life, one game you have your team has to win. You're not taking Jimmy Butler. Can we? You're not even considering taking Jimmy Butler. Can we take people who have passed away? I'd take Kobe. No, you can only take current NBA players in their current state. Um, give me Austin Reeves. <laughs> Austin Reeves, yeah. <laughs> no, I would take oh. multiple players over Jimmy Butler. No, and that and that's what I'm, I'm not saying that Jimmy's your first pick, but I'm saying it, like if he's not in your consideration, that's a you know, I think that's an insult to Jimmy. Yes. And <laughs> Jimmy Butler's ever going to listen to this podcast, but if he were to, Jimmy, be insulted by John Michael. No, he, that's all I'm he, he, he plays well, but I think that you're, you're a little bit blind to the fact that he dropped 20 in the first half tonight. And I know he's done it before, but listen, I think that time will speak for itself and we can talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So look, we'll we'll move on from here. I, uh, I, you both have the Bucks. I have the Bucks. If if Giannis comes back game four and plays the rest of the series, the Bucks are winning. I'm just saying if if he doesn't come back game four, I have the Heat in six, and we'll see if that happens. We'll obviously come back and we can we'll review it next week. One more thing: who is the most dangerous team moving forward? Who would you say are you most afraid of, uh, or who do you think has the the like best chance of being a dangerous team. So probably more of an underdog team, but but who do you think you got uh, for that, Dan? Dangerous? Oh, I don't know. I mean, if, if if we're talking about underdogs, I mean, my initial thought were the were the Suns for sure. I feel like they're just finally starting to click, fire on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise, man, I think if the Kings can get out of that series, I don't know if I'd want to go in and, and play them in Sacramento. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that stadium nuts. And yeah, I could not imagine playing in there. Uh, no. John Michael, who do you think is the most dangerous team uh, moving forward in the NBA? Okay, I think I I I think the most dangerous team is the Boston Celtics. 
But then you threw in that underdog caveat, and I think that if the Suns, or I'm sorry, if the Kings get past uh, Golden State, then I think that they can be really, really dangerous because their confidence is going to go through the roof. But I think overall the yeah. dangerous team is the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I think the most dangerous team, uh, I- I'm going to throw out two. I'd say Golden State. If Golden State wins this series, I I think they love the, the Laker-slash-Memphis matchup. Uh, I think the Lakers are too old and can't guard Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole, and they'll breeze by that series and then would love a series against Kevin Durant. Uh and in the East, I honestly, and I know you guys are going to say this is because I'm a fan of them, but I think if the Heat found a way to beat the Bucs, uh, they're the most dangerous team in the East. Oh because my they get a short, No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Before you uh, blow up, they get a short series against the Knicks. I think the Heat would wipe the Knicks or the Cavs in five. Uh, and then they get to play the team that just had to go through a grueling seven-game series between Philly and the Celtics and they're going to be rested and Tyler Hero is not going to be back. But I honestly think if there's a team like I don't want to see make it out of the first round, it's Miami. Nick, Nick, Nick. <laughs> our, our podcast is losing credibility before we even have credibility. Because of this, you know, it's horrible. This is no. not about credibility. It's about Homer takes, and I respect that. That's right. That's right. Sometimes it's about Homer takes. We're going to be as objective as we uh, can be, but sometimes we're going to be subjective, and that's okay. Is there ever uh, an eight seed that made it to a conference final? Ever. Has there been an eight seed? I'm sure there's been an eight seed. Okay. Let's – We'll talk about it next week. We're going to go over to the NHL. NHL, if we look at the Western Conference of the NHL, uh, you have Vegas leads Winnipeg 2-1. to one. You have the LA Kings, who won in a controversial game last night against the Oilers. They lead the series 2-1. Minnesota leads the Dallas Stars 2-1, and the Avalanche and the Kraken are tied 1-1. I believe game three is tonight. Uh, Rangers lead the Devils 2-0, took both those games on the road, so the Devils are in quite quite a hole. Uh, the Leafs are tied with the Lightning at the last time I checked, uh, and the series is tied 1-1. So that that's a fun series to watch. Uh, unfortunately, the Bruins lead the Panthers 2-1. Uh, sorry, Panthers, man. You guys blew that game. Uh, and then the Hurricane lead the Islanders 2-1. And so we can talk about a series if there's any series you guys want to highlight. Uh, but really, the question I had for you guys is, what like why is playoff hockey so good? I... I find myself personally watching NHL hockey sporadically during the regular season and then their playoffs start. And it's like must see TV because of how great the the games are. And so I just want to know, like, what do you think it is about playoff hockey that makes it so good? I'm going to start with Dan. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Canadians are crazy and I, I'm almost positive that hockey completely originated in the wonderful country of Canada. Um, (laughs) And there is, there's a level of, like, I don't think there's any other sport where you can be somewhat reserved for an entire year and then you get to game one of the first round and it's just chaos. Like, I mean, the checking's different. You're finishing every single check. You're not passing up a hit on anyone, obviously. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, sorry, the Rangers just scored. They're up one nothing. Um, I, I love nothing more than playoff hockey. I am so sad that the Penguins are out of the playoffs for the first time in a very long time, but I mean, I don't know if there is anything that any other sport can do where, 
I mean, you can put your body on the line in a different way. It's it's not the same. I mean, I, I think in the NFL, like there's, I don't know. I mean, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I just think that the level of just like selling out that you don't get in any other sport come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The playoff hockey is so physical. I mean, the sport already is physical. Uh, and then you get to the playoffs and it gets, I mean, you. I think you see this in all playoff formats. Like it's the same in the NBA where the refs swallow their whistle a little more. They kind of let a lot of things go. Uh, but when you're playing a sport that's already super physical, hockey uh, really brings out an even bigger side of it. John Michael, what do you what do you think makes playoff hockey so good? Yeah, I thought about this today, and uh, I just have one word, toughness, which I think you guys already hit on. Like, I just think that these guys are so tough. They put their bodies on the line. Um, anybody that you talk to that watches hockey – or watches even just a little bit of hockey admits that these guys are like the toughest like they're like gladiators and i know we say that about football players and football is super popular um but football players there's different position i mean when you go out on the rink and you play your 20 minutes or whatever skate time it is sorry i don't know i'm not super 20 is insane but yeah um (laughs) I mean, these guys are putting it all, I mean, losing teeth, bleeding. I, it's it's wild. I mean, a, guy, a guy a couple nights ago took a skate to the face, got 75 stitches, and came back. Like, yeah, that's what, what, that's what man. Can, Canadians are nuts. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, yeah. yeah. They just care so much yeah. about their team teammates and um, – yeah, I, I, I love it a lot. My hot take in uh, hockey, which I don't know if we're doing this, but uh, I think the New York Rangers are a very, very, very dangerous team. Shesterkin, playoff time, watch out. And they're young. I mean, they said that they won, they won two games on the row against New Jersey. It, it sounds like they're up right now in game three. The Hurricane might have a, a long series against the Islanders, and so that would be uh, great for the Rangers. And so... Yeah, they they definitely are dangerous. Uh, you know, I obviously am a Panthers homer again, and so would love to see them win Game Four. But you know, who knows? Uh, but you know, when it comes, I feel like when it comes to the NHL, like honestly, it's probably my second favorite playoff format or playoffs to watch. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I I I kind of tear it like college basketball. Uh, March Madness is by far the best postseason format around uh i would say that's the most fun to watch that's like people that don't even care about college basketball get behind get in front of a tv and watch it uh and then not as many people get in front but i i do think the second most interesting is nhl playoffs uh and then you know a lot of people watch the nfl playoffs and a lot of people watch the nba playoffs uh and you know there's the baseball playoffs but i'm not even gonna try to touch that with a six-foot pole uh but you know, I I really do believe that the NHL playoffs are uh, one of the best playoff formats we have, and so I guess my question, and if, if maybe there's not, but what can what can like these other sports do? Like, what can the NBA do? What could what could the MLB do? What can the what can the NFL do to make their playoff uh, just have more appeal to it? If anything, and I'll let either whoever thinks they have a good idea go first. Uh. I think it's about personality, and so I don't know that, you know, I mean, those guys in the NFL, like, I love the NFL playoffs, I love the NFL in general, um, but they make so much money that at the end of the day, it's like, well, if we lose, 
I'm still making millions. And I know not everybody thinks like that, but I mean, and then as far as the NBA, I think the NBA is just full of divas. And so uh, quite frankly, I don't see that, that format changing at all. It's just, it is what it is. They play a little bit harder, um, but they too make just a crap ton of money. So I think the guys in the NFL are just like doing it because they absolutely love the game. Um, and I know that doesn't, that's not for everybody in these other sports, but I think you get a higher percentage in hockey that just love to be out there than yeah. some of these other sports where maybe it's just more about a paycheck and legacy stuff than anything. For sure. No, it's, I, I think it's everything, John. Like, I think you're on the right track too. But I mean, if you look at just like the culture of the NHL, like the pageantry of the playoffs, just like all the little traditions, first of all, I, I don't think there's any argument at all that the Stanley Cup is by far the coolest trophy in all of professional sports. Um, so you have that. Then you have just the, re- the mutual respect amongst the, the different teams. Like, I mean, at the end of every series, you go down the handshake line. I don't know of any other sport that does that. Obviously, I think the first one that comes to mind is like Little League Baseball, but who cares about Little League Baseball? Um, I, I mean, it's just there, there's a level of mutual respect, I think, that the guys on the benches, I mean, they understand what the other's going through. I think, it, like you said, John, like, like the NFL and the NBA, in my opinion, are full of divas. Um, so I just think it's different, right? I mean, yeah, you've got like the mass, like at the, at the end of every NFL game, everyone goes out and says what's up to their boys, but that's about it. But I think, you know, there's just there's just something about the NHL playoffs I don't think another sport will be able to, re- to replicate. Um, and Nick, I thought that was interesting what you said about uh, – about college basketball and just, I, I think there is a, like another level of just anything can happen when you get to March madness for a reason. I don't think there's really any other sport where, you know, a 16 seed could beat a one seed and go deep in the playoff. To, you know, just like the teams that have the best records are typically the ones that go the deepest. And of course there's outliers, but I mean, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to see. The one thing I did think of was like, and I forget who I heard this from, but if baseball, like, I mean, obviously in the NHL, in overtime uh, during the regular season, it's always three uh, three on three. But then in the playoffs, it's just five on five, golden goal, first goal um, wins. Um, and it would be super interesting if, if for the uh, for the MLB playoffs, if they were tied after nine, if it was just like a pitcher, an outfielder, and a catcher. And oh yeah, you, you tried to make something. I mean, obviously, it would it would never happen. But just something yeah. that I don't know. I, I think it's going to be hard to do. I do. Yeah, I have a thought, though, as far as um, why NHL might be better uh, than some like yeah. NHL playoffs might be better is because there's so much parity in the um, in, uh, NHL where like people are winning on the road. They're winning. You know, I, I think it, I honestly uh, I sorry. I'm, no, sorry. I, I was saying I'm pretty sure an eight seeds like won the cup. So I'm kind of agreeing with correct. you. Like, and, you know. And, it, it, your seat doesn't matter in the NHL. No, it doesn't matter at all. And these like, these, mean, like, these eight series that's going on in the NHL, I honestly have a hard time predicting any of them. Whereas, yeah. you know, we could run through the basketball seating or go through the NFL playoffs, and you could feel pretty confident based on what a team's record is, injuries, who's playing home and away, on who's going to win the game. Now, granted, there are upsets, but... I feel like the NHL, there's like upsets, like usually like 40% of the time, which is ridiculously high. You know what I mean? Um, so I For think sure. that makes it a ton of fun because you know if your team gets in, they've got a chance. Whereas in the other sports, like 
I'm sorry, but the Miami Dolphins seven seed this year with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback, they just they didn't have a chance. Yeah, yeah, and and here's what I think. I think urgency, as as along with parity, make a sport very interesting, right? And so the part of the reason we like college basketball so much is there's urgency. Like it's one game, win or lose, and anything like Dan was saying, anything can happen. You could be shoot, you could shoot the ball terrible that night. And you can be, you can lose to uh, whatever the sixteen. I can't remember the name. Farley Dickinson, right? You can, you can be Virginia and lose to Farley D- Dickinson. Purdue or whoever. Purdue, sorry. Virginia lost the first time to UNBC. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to them for doing the impossible. But you know, urgency helps, and so I feel like in the NBA, like round one doesn't need to be seven games. Make it a make it a three or a five game series. And I think you'd see a little bit more urgency and parity because, you know, you drop one game and all of a sudden it's, oh, no, you know, lose, you know, lose one at home, lose one on the road. Now you're down 2-0 and you have to win three straight. I think they used to do something similar in the NBA and they don't anymore. And I think in the NFL, uh, which I, I believe it was Nick Wright said this, so I'm not going to I'm not going to claim it as my own. But I, I think it would be great in the NFL is let the highest seeds, uh, let the highest seeds pick who they play. So let the two, let the one seed have their buy and then let the two seed pick who they want to play. And then what, let whatever the next highest seed pick who they want to play. So the two seed could pick the seven seed, but if they'd rather play the five or the four or the three or the six, let them pick them. And I think that would make the game so much more interesting because instead of getting uh, kind of bad first round matchups, you might get some really interesting. And then there's that added edge. That's like, they picked us as the lower yeah. seed. Like, we want to go bust their head in. Thoughts on that? I mean, that's different for sure. I, I hadn't heard that before you said it. Uh, and I think, I mean, obviously my initial thought was like, oh, yeah, that would never work. Like they just end up picking the lower seed, right? Or the, you know, the worst team. But I mean, at that point, like like you said, John, Mike, I mean, no one knew that Skylar Thompson was going to play, you know, three weeks before or whatever. Or maybe some did. I don't know. Um, but all that to say, you know, I guess it would add like a different level of pageantry to it. Um, but man, just going back to the NHL, like watching these games, like there's just a level two of you're playing them. Like it's a seven game series. You're going up night after night, hitting the same guys. Like, I mean, obviously another seven game series, uh, you know, playoff formats. It's, it's just different because there's not the physicality that you see in the, in the NHL. And I, I would love to say, oh yeah, we should have three game series in the NFL. Like that would be sick. Of course. Like, I don't know if that would ever happen because of the amount of, you know, so they're already putting on their bodies, but something along those lines where I just feel yeah. like the added level and the the amount that they're playing is is different, of course. Um, yeah, just so. let them. Just I feel like it would be you know they regulated in hockey, do it in every sport. Let them have like one fist fight to the ground, a game in every sport, and things would get a lot more interesting. That would be sick. Yeah. this each week before we go uh we might come up with a name with this but right now we're just going to call it our bold prediction or our bold take for the week and so just something bold that you're going to go out on a limb on and we're going to come back in a week and either say you were right or we're going to make fun of you because your take was that bad uh and so i am very interested in hearing john michaels though because he will be the first one i make fun of on next week's episode Mm. Okay, so this just came to me, and I this is uh, C.J. Stroud. 
the quarterback out of Ohio State. Ever. Now, I... Listen, a few weeks ago, he was the betting favorite to go number one. When Carolina traded up for the number one pick, uh, made the trade with Chicago, he was the guy that was going number one. Since then, it's been a slippery slope downhill. Uh, I've heard that Houston doesn't like him at two. Huh? I said downhill to two. He went from one to two. I've heard Houston does not like him at two anymore and then uh something came out recently i just read a story over the past couple days where he tested very poorly on one of these uh tests not like the wonderlick test but a different test that they give to quarterbacks that uh evaluates their ability to uh make last second changes and recognize defenses and different things like this and i get this score is that if you score poorly on it, uh, then it doesn't bode well for you in your NFL future. Whereas if you score well on it, you know, you still may be not very good or you may be very good. But the, the point is, if you score poorly, then it correlates to playing very poorly. And which makes sense. And especially a guy coming yeah. out of Ohio State, they just... They don't have a very good history with NFL quarterbacks. I mean, you think, okay, JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, and uh, who else? Uh, Terrell Pryor. I mean, and then you have Justin Fields, of course, and and jury still out on him. I mean, he's a freak, he's yeah. a freak athlete, but when it comes to throwing the ball, you know, I don't know. Um, but you know, they don't have a great track record because you recruit five star athletes, and mm-hmm. then you're passing the ball to the best of the best you're getting the best of the best blocking you have a defense that can shut out the other team and then all of a sudden it's like uh, okay the quarterback just has to do his job but he can't really improvise and i think that's what teams are starting to pick up out on stroud and so because of that my bold prediction is that he falls outside the top 10 okay falls outside the top 10 i think I think you're kind of crazy. I think too many teams are desperate for quarterback to let a quarterback like that fall. But yeah. it's your take, and we'll see We'll see how it goes. And we might be laughing at you next week after the draft comes up on Thursday. Uh, Dan, what do you? what is your bold take for this week? What do you got for us? All right, this is a homer take, but I absolutely love Pittsburgh sports. And ever since I was a little boy in the bleachers of PNC Park with my dad, all I've ever wanted – is a good Pirates baseball team. I had a little bit of it um, in 2014 um, when Kutch was, uh, you know, just making me so happy. Oh, man, I, I miss those days. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, John, I don't even know if you know this, but I know we had, like, I think there were three years in a row where we played in the wild card game. I think we only won yeah, one of those. It was the got... game, there was the Johnny Cueto uh, game. That was the one that we won. Oh. Yeah. So good. Anyways, um, but I, the Pirates are off to a hot start. Kutch looks great in the black and gold again. I don't know if you saw this, but today they extended uh, Derek Shelton, um, the Pirates manager. They, they upped his contract. It was up at the end of the year. Um, so they paid him. I hope that means that they pay Brian Reynolds because, um, I I mean, Nick, I, don't, I know you don't love baseball at all. Um, yeah, we'll get into that, obviously, but... That's fine. We're, we'll get into the dog dates of summer, and the Pirates will probably be 20 games under 500 by then. But for now, I am 
I am very, very optimistic. My, my bold take is that by the end of the week, the Pirates are atop the NL Central. Um, right now, I think they're a game or a half game behind the Brewers who are playing well. Um, the Cardinals aren't off to a great start. The Reds are going to be the Reds. Um, and I think the most surprising thing about the Pirates has been their pitching rotation. That was uh, pretty terrible last year. I mean, the offense is, has always been there. Um, Swinski looks good. We got this kid named Connor Joe from the Rockies last year um, who's been balling out as well. But the pitching's been great. David Bednar is our closer, um, and he's he's absolutely lining it up as well. So I think if the if the starting pitcher can stay hot, Mitch Keller looks good. Um, you know, I think we have a chance, dare I say, in the middle of April that the Pirates might, uh, you know, be afloat before, uh, before football season comes, which would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. So you, to be clear, you your take is that they will be in first place in their yeah. division. Yes, I, and I say that without knowing who they're playing this week, but yeah. I'm go with it. Okay, I love it. Well, we will, you know, we'll see. I obviously, and as our viewers will find out, I do not love the sport of baseball. I don't really follow it, but uh, you know, we'll get into those dog days of summer, and I won't have a choice but to talk about baseball. And I will. Hey, the changes are great. The, the pitch clock, I think, has been super successful. The games are a lot yeah. shorter. Um, you know, I personally love falling asleep to a baseball game in the third inning, wake up and it's the eighth and it's like four hours later. I know it's not for everyone. Um, so I think the changes are good and hopefully, you know, oh, I, I don't know. I think my, <laughs> my love of, of the MLB totally lives and dies with how the pirates are doing. So usually by July, I forgotten all about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. And I think it's a good take. We'll see, you know, I don't know who they're playing or how good the team is, but we'll see. Uh, and here's mine. I, because of tonight, I'm going to have two. I wrote one down and then because of the way the Heat are playing and I just want to see John Michael's blood pressure go up. <laughs> the roof. Uh, I'm going to say the Heat have won the series by the time we, we meet next week to do the, do our episode, which means, I think that means they win in six. I think game seven would be on Sunday. Uh, and I hope that happens. The other one I have, they're both Homer takes, uh, you know, Panthers defeat the Bruins in game seven. So that means they go out. They're going to have to win one more game uh, on the home or, at ro- or two more, either on the home at on the on the road. And then they win game seven in Boston, disappoint uh, the best regular season team ever. And they're going to do it. And that's all I got for you. So it's happened before. I mean, we were saying how anything could happen in, in playoff hockey and the lightning a couple of years ago had that exact same president's cup, you know, most wins in a year and they got absolutely, didn't they get swept? I'm pretty sure they got swept in the first round. Um, so man, crazy things have happened. I would love to see it, but I mean, man, Boston's been playing good hockey. Hey, I want to yeah, make one I comment know. before we go. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about help. things and just to let you know, Nick, that, uh, your teams in Miami this year have been um, just above mediocre as every single team has gotten the last playoff spot available in their collective sport. Miami Dolphins, seven seed. Florida Panthers, eight seed. And Miami Heat, by virtue of losing the first playing game and winning the second playing game, is the eight seed. That was a that was a strategic loss, John Michael. We lost on purpose because we knew we had a better chance against okay, Milwaukee. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you to those of you that listened to the first episode of What's Up, Doc. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope to have you back next week. Thanks, guys.